Welcome to the 12 Questions. Hi. Hi. No Alex today. He meant to be here, uh, but he, ooh, he had to go make those cookies. He had to make yeah. that money. Whatever, Alex. He had to make those cointadas. He did it. He's into it. Uh, it's a steamy apartment, but not as hot as it used to be. No, uh, it's comfortable. It's comfortable. I've been in steamier. Yeah, that's, I know. I've podcasted in steamier. Right. I've definitely, last summer was just that we should have named this the Back Sweat Podcast. Yeah, Swass. Swass. Swass cast. Swascast. <laughs> <laughs> and today I have my fabulous guest, my returning guest. How would you like to introduce yourself, sir? Hi, everybody. I'm Dave Yates, stand-up comedian and hot sauce maker. Ha- heck yeah. The fi- the the man behind Ha Ha Hot Sauce, is which my, yeah. is fantastic, ah, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I, I like it. People like it. And it puts a little coin in the old change purse mm-hmm. and uh, helps me not be as poor i used to actually make my i used to can my family's salsa recipe and sell it to his um sell it to my ex's like lab mates you should sell it as merch i honestly should it's i keep telling people man it is unpleasantly hot because i learned how to make salsa Mm -hmm. from my like my abuela who is like old yeah she so she had no ta- no taste buds not left a taste so, but no, half a taste bud yeah half a taste bud one still hanging on from the reagan administration ex- exactly exactly and so she so i it's like just a really simple do like simple simple recipe but it is hot as the devil what kind of peppers uh chilies de abro oh okay like roasted at home mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. so it's cheap too sure. that's not an expensive chili that no. is I mean, chilies in general aren't super expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they start to get expensive when you go into the super hots because, yeah. I mean, this is a, a nerdy path to go down, but like the hotter <laughs> the chili it. pepper, the less the less of a immune system it has. It's a very fragile thing because they get peppers so hot, oh. like the Carolina Reaper, they crossbreed them and stuff like that. So it's like... You know, you keep genetically like crossing like a ghost pepper with a a scorpion pepper. You know, it's like, yeah. And there's a whole world of people where that's all they do is just hot peppers. Like it's nuts. Like, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Like I'm like I'm in a hot pepper grower society on Facebook. It sounds a lot snobbier than it is. No, I get it. No, I mean, but it's like literally people from all over the world whose hobby is growing super hot peppers and they share information and pictures and if my dad was alive he would first off there are some things i know he would have he would have uh one of those uh dodge charger wagons okay for just no in in, in a bad color 100 percent know that like a poo brown yeah yeah when i called uh when that car came out i called my stepmom and i was like hey i have a question for you and she said and we get i get halfway through the sentence she goes oh yeah your father would definitely have that car like he would have one of those cars and he would definitely be part of the facebook chili grower society Fuck yeah. <laughs> he, he was growing uh like serranos and jalapenos and habaneros in the backyard and when i was a kid he would uh double dog dare me which is by the way the way to get me to do anything uh you would just double dog dare me to eat one raw and so that's why i am now a person (laughs) with like no taste buds left in my mouth it is i mean as far as for me because i don't drink or do drugs anymore uh i still try to find ways 
to yes. to get uh, a, a control. I mean, this is will speak volumes of who I am as mm-hmm. a alcoholic and an addict. But it's just like I still like the sense of control that comes with. All right, I'm going to eat this, and my whole body's going to tingle, and my face is going to be numb. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and it's like course. I I did that. You know, and mm-hmm. and and on some level, like even though. I've been sober now seven and a half years. I I still like getting high. It's yeah. just I don't. You, I just don't drink or do drugs anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a Magic Mountain season pass. Yeah, I love coasters. Yeah, I've, well, ne- I've never been to the Magic Mountain. Really? When I have a bring a friend day, we'll me me and the boo. We'll we'll we both have our own mm-hmm. little season passes. Oh, boo we'll thing. Get, we'll get yeah. We'll get everybody. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know Ron Swallow? I He's, do know Ron. He also We're, has a season not, pass. Not phenomenally well, but I've enjoyed our interactions together. He's a delightful guy, yeah. friend of the podcast, yeah. and we all go as a group, and I we lovingly call him Roller Coaster Daddy because he can do that whole park in like three hours if given the Yo. right pacing. <laughs> I, uh, so I'm from Illinois, and we have Six Flags Great America. Oh, shit. Which is... Yeah, we have that in Northern California. Yeah, so uh, ours... I would put it up against most of the Six Flags. Okay, all right. Uh, uh, although it's always fun, but we we had a, a, a roller coaster there uh, called the Viper, and it was no loop de loop, but it was like a fast coaster. Yeah. And uh, I had figured out a way, and I think this is pre sobriety, but I had figured out a way to like ride it seven times in a row. Uh, <laughs> So the way I did it was I would go, I was by myself and my friends were mm-hmm. by them like so we all sat in separate carts right and then it would go through one turn around and then drop everybody back off and then everybody would go to like the bins where you put your shit yeah you know and I would go pretend like I was looking for shit in the bins and then turn around and look and see if there was a- any more empty seats after they because people want to sit with their families yeah. and there's always sometimes like one empty seat that no one's so i would just jump in the empty seat and i did this like seven times in a row like and right. you're not your body's not supposed to do that no yeah it, like after the seventh time i got off and I, I i don't get sick from roller coasters but like i felt like jello like i felt yeah. like my whole body was jello yeah yeah so there's you know there's another addictive there's another addictive thing. I'm the same way. Have you ever eaten a jitlada here in LA? A what? Jitlada. It's a. It's a. Um, what did you a, just call me? I. <laughs> are we gonna fight? No. It's a. Uh, it's a uh, Thai J- restaurant here in mm. LA. It was very pop. Like Matt Groening loved it. He like drew Simpsons character. He, there's like a oh, shrine I thought you, to him. I thought there. you just said macaroni loved. Macaroni it. loved. I'm, it. I'm like, who the fuck is macaroni? Macaroni is, it, is this it. one of those LA food critics that I have yet to learn about? Exactly. Oh, fucking LA macaroni. It's, it's the, he's the cousin of Marshmallow. Yeah. Um, and they both DJ out in Vegas. Old Craft um, Mac. Old Craft Mac. Um, but yeah, no. And also, uh, Aziz takes picture. Anyway. It's it's this little hole in the wall place um, on Sunset across from that ninety nine cent store where the Safari Sam's was. Do you remember that? I'm two years deep in this jungle of oh, LA. So Safari, like, oh, Safari Sam's. I, I is live like in a West LA place. and I like it that way and uh, I stay down in West LA. I live in WeHo. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, it's yeah. West LA. It's very No 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 no. I live in true West LA, not WeHo. Where do you live? I live uh, in Palms, which oh, is like I'm just yeah. I'm just south of the ten. I used to work at a treatment center out over there. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like every third house is a treatment center there. Oh, I hope not on my <laughs> block. <laughs> 
it's That's nice over there it's beautiful over there the um but anyway if you're ever on this side of town <laughs> and you want to eat a curry that'll make your i literally oh, the yeah. room spot that's it. how hot that curry was yeah and i love I was that like, shit this is the best yeah. i ate there so many times in one year she bought me a christmas present no i was shit. like putting those girls through for, uh, yeah yo that i got i got a taco tent by my house and it's not a truck it's a tent it's a tent it's a tent yeah it's this lady and her husband or baby daddy and their baby and they run this like yeah. little grill underneath a pop-up blue tent and like that is the only i i don't fuck with trucks anymore because of it nice you know and they're there every night from nine to like midnight you know nice. and like the more i went there the bigger the burritos got like it was like a six dollar burrito <laughs> and then i started going there like two times a week and the burritos got bigger yeah and i only speak spanish with them to the best of my abilities and and then I go and like the their their salsas are, are nice and hot. It's not like burn your face yeah. off hot, which I like that too. But like sometimes you just want sometimes something. You just want to taste it. Yeah. So. But oh well, that sounds that's it sounds like you're gonna get adopted by that family soon. No, I just want them to feed me. <laughs> which is a Latino adoption. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do hopefully the there would just be less money exchange but like i feel better buying my food from them yeah because it's like they're bare bones in it like she makes the tortillas like what? right when you order them like she reaches in her little dough bin and she plops a dough ball what? into like a crank machine and she flips all these bitches with their hand with her hands mm -hmm. it's it's just it's baller and i know that my money like that's that is their family it's under going the, directly to yeah, the yeah, yeah 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 like i don't yeah fuck that truck that truck's got money <laughs> you know like it's not a snobby thing it's just like you know like you would never know she was there either because like picked a spot Right on Venice Boulevard, just west of Overland. Okay, I'm gonna look for this tent. <laughs> no, it's there, uh, and it's uh, but it's behind this big evergreen bush. So they occupy a corner of a building. I love it. But like, there's only one string of lights. Okay. And they they power the whole operation through the fucking van battery. Perfect. Yeah, they have propane tanks for the grills. Got it. And the only light the the only light is one string of lights that kind of illuminates okay. the cooking area and shit. And they they throw down. They're there seven days a week. Oh, I will keep an eye out. I'll be. She like, shuts oh. it. She shuts it down though, at like twelve thirty, unless she got a line of people. Like yeah, yeah she shuts it down because the baby's in the stroller and it, <laughs> like the baby. And the baby, the, baby is right. Yo, there. the baby is there, and either the baby is sleeping or the baby's eating mad tortillas. So <laughs> so cute. Yeah. So cute. So you've been going through a lot since we last <laughs> talked to you yeah so when we last talked to you i was going through a lot my guts were getting rotorooted mm. you have been going through a lot this last year yeah a lot of, a lot of death a lot of loss a lot yeah. of uh, a lot of changes um yeah i i can't remember specifically what i was going through at the time when me and alex sat down but uh, i'll break it down like it is not to make this podcast time sensitive it's it is 2019 so in uh in november <laughs> you've been around for a few years so oh, we're doing well no no i'm just saying in november of 2000 i'm trying yeah. i'm trying to chronologically got it so in november of 2018 my dad got diagnosed with cancer mm. uh november uh october november so i was working the road because uh, comedy is cool like that sometimes like I was able to go work my way home to see him to afford to see him so wow. November diagnosis December I was on the road again um, and got to be there for Christmas January February I was back 
but like dad diagnosed with cancer, December, uh, as soon as I got back in December, my first sponsor committed suicide. Uh, then um, Christmas Day, a good buddy of mine died in a car accident uh, on Christmas Day. So I had to go to a wake before flying back to L.A. Uh, <sighs> then my childhood cat died, uh, which no. in the grand scheme of things, cat is... <laughs> you know no but my cat died a couple years ago and it fucked me up yeah uh well it's just kind of like when enough grief and loss happens all at once it's kind of like when you watch a saw movie like (laughs) the first seven minutes are like ooh, gross and then like 10 minutes in it's like all right i'm like i'm pretty numb to this by now um so then dad passed april 30th um and then uh just going through a breakup as of three or four days ago so yeah. So, the, so breakup new? new yeah, breakup? yeah, three, three, four days ago. So, Dave. yeah, it just keeps coming. So, you know, like, I uh, I don't feel great. Uh, oh, my God. Like I was telling someone earlier, like, I'm not okay, but, yeah. I'll, but I'll be okay. And, like, I'm just trying to explicitly tell people what I need and what I don't need right now. You're doing great at that. Uh, Well, sometimes yes, sometimes no. It's hard though being out here because it's like i can't have unrealistic expectations of some of the sickest fools on the planet <laughs> you know yeah, like I so it's like i, so I had it's no like, idea how bad it was until uh, it was no like, yeah 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 like, man my integrity is sore what's happening yeah. right now you know where it's like <coughs> like i run a couple cool little shows and they're nothing fancy but they're cool you know yeah. and like I always try to operate like I'm never going to be able to change the way L.A. comedy works. Okay, no intention of doing that. But what I do have control over is how I run my shows and how I treat people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've always tried to do that. Like I don't take submissions. I I, I go out in the scene and I book people that are working hard, you know, and I've got different shows for the different degrees of you know comics that exist like you know my backyard show like i own i only book people i think are funny you know like Mm -hmm. i I don't use the shows as a way to lobby myself into other things right but like you know my backyard show it's like it's a place where not only do i book good comics but if i see someone who's new in the scene who's like a year two years in i can give them five minutes yeah and be like hey i see you working hard and I know you'll probably bring people uh, because mm-hmm. I don't I don't require it. But you, I mean, you're gonna bl- you're gonna do a bringer show at one of the major clubs. Why not just come do a fun show? And if yeah. you want to bring people, you can. You know, because I can afford to give anybody five minutes, you, even if someone's not that great. Right. You know, but it's just a matter of like, I do it the way I was taught to do it back in the Midwest. As far okay. as you know, when I was coming up in the comedy scene people help me just like when i was coming yeah. up in the sobriety scene people help me yeah and not saying seven and a half years is a terribly long time but there's people newer than me you know in sobriety you, you know like yeah. and so like i try to do right by people and you know uh, comedy and recovery for me are very similar in the way that like i still believe in like helping people but it's the same thing as in recovery. You can't help the person that don't want that don't want it. Right. And like ninety percent of the time, all these fools out here think they know everything, you know. Yeah. And that's uh, and you or they're to, afraid to admit they no, don't no, no. Know or anything. they or they don't know how to be helped, which is another you know right. that's a that's a th- that's a thing as right. well. So it's like so with all this massive death and loss going on, it's just like people are hitting me up for spots, and I'm just like yo like. Uh, um, we don't take submissions, you know, I don't, 
have anything right now. I mean, but I try not to lie, you know, yeah. like so. So not having anything right now is not the truth. And unfortunately, getting sober for me meant being honest. Yeah. Uh, so I would love to white lie to people and be like, sorry, we're booked up for the year, but that's just not true. Right. You know, so um, a specific incident happened uh, recently, like a few days ago, where a person hit me up and asked me if my show was still running. And I said, yes. And they said, do I have to send you a clip or something or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, hmm. I'm sorry, we don't take submissions for this show. Uh, but I can recommend you to another show uh, and get you some stage time. Yeah. And they're like, well, what is this show for special people with TV credits? And I'm like, no, not necessarily. And I said, just to be honest with you, because you're a friend, I like what you do, but I don't think it'd be a good fit for that show. And this person just went ham on me, really? telling me I'm wrong and like like that I don't know what I'm talking about and that their act works and every is is good for every room. And I'm just like, this is what I get for trying to be kind. Like I could have just left you on red or just deleted your message and not responded to you, you yeah. know. And it's just so so that's the thing. It's just like I'm now trying to find a way to because I'm usually pretty good with boundaries. Is, is to like create a boundary and stick to it for me, you know? So what does that look like? It's just like, well, it's hard for me not to open messages because they could be for me. But you know how it works. Like as far as like you get a message and you can't read the whole thing like on Facebook and you're thinking to yourself, oh, maybe this person wants to put me on a show. Yeah. And then you open it and you're like tricked again. They want something <laughs> no! from me, you know? Yeah. And so it's just like, so like now it's just like, I just got to, be okay with opening it, reading it, and leaving it on red and deleting it, you yeah. know? Because uh, it happens to me all the time, and it don't feel great. But what's the alternative? You're honest with someone, and then they shit their huggies because they're not they're not right fit for the show that you do. You know, it's just it's it's so it's so it's like I'm trying to apply the principles I've learned in being in recovery, like I I. I don't want to say anything hurtful and I don't want to say anything I need to make an amends for. Yeah. Okay. But how do you be direct and honest with delusional motherfuckers? That's, That's a great question that I, I don't have the answer. I see a therapist for that. Well, yeah, you, but they don't, you know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, I mean, one of the things that I went, I talked to my therapist about today was, um, because I I I, I kind of went through the I go through the same thing actually I I, I go through. What's well, a people pleasing thing at it's the core people, of it? For yeah. me, it's a people pleasing thing at the core of it for me. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's 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 like we were practicing today. One of the things that get that trips me up is uh, comics will like be chismosa. They'll talk shit about each other. Sure, and they'll talk shit about each other. They'll talk. They'll 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 revel in somebody's losses or they'll, or they'll, they'll talk shit. And because folks are comfortable with me and I'm sure you get the same thing too. People will just come up and tell me what they're feeling. Oh. And what I've had to learn how to say, no, is no one talks to me like they talk to you. That's it's you, you, got, you got a much friendlier face than I do. I, I have a real, I have a real mom yeah, resting yeah. mom face. Yeah. Once you grow, once you grow yeah. a beard, people won't. Yeah. I, that's no, but it's true. Like people, people do. do the same thing to me. Cause I yeah. am, I am nice, but, you know, like, yeah. But the, the thing is, is then I, I fixate on how they're talking about those other people. And I think about 
and in my mind, I fixate on whether or not they talk about me that way. Oh, they probably do. I mean, right. but someone told me a long time ago in recovery that it's none of my business what other people think of me. Exactly. You know, so exactly. I, I try to repeat that to myself, but in the same way as I apply it to like what, you know, for lack of better terms, the, what the LA comedy, what I can do about the LA comedy scene, which is just handle everything that's inside my hula hoop, right. which is run the shows I want to run the way I want yeah. to see them more of. Yeah. So it's the same thing with shit talking. Like I just complained about this comedian, but I didn't denote their gender. I didn't denote their name. I, I didn't, no I didn't hint. I didn't, was. I didn't hit on what they do. If you or, do tell me their name, I'll beat them up for you. No, it's not unnecessary. <laughs> <I'm kidding>. It's <laughs> un, It's unnecessary. The only, the only person I, I shared the interaction with is because I have a partnership with my co-producer. I said, yeah. just so you're aware, just in case someone tries to, do well, show. no, no, yeah. no, just so you're aware, just in case this person tries to, uh, I got to know from dad, I'm going to go tell mom Yeah. kind of situation. Yeah. And I wish this person no ill will, yeah. but it's just like my give a fuck tank is so empty right now. Yeah. And these fools are going to turn me into the person that i used to be okay and it's like i used to say nasty shit i used to hurt people and like a character defect of mine is like if you hurt me i want to hurt you mm. 10 times worse so you learn never to fucking even try that shit again yeah. and it's like i don't like that you know but it's also like i can't let people walk all over me so it's it's, a, it's like a balance thing it's like yeah. i i'm either extremely want to say gnarly mm -hmm. shit or i'm gonna be like oh i hope they don't think i'm you know like yeah. i hope they you know so it's just like it's it and right now given this fucking super ball of grief that i've been going mm -hmm. through and lost it's just like i'm defaulting to just being nice to a fault which i don't mm -hmm. think is completely correct but yeah. it's also just because i don't want to fucking make amends to people I had I've had to recently um, like today I, sometimes I have to role play the way with my boss or with my therapist <laughs> like, with my boss actually we do <laughs> anyway we do talk about um, um, wh which how to take phone this? calls um, but the uh, I had to role play with my therapist about like what like how to talk like or how to how to skirt out of those situations yeah. how to say things like. You know, instead of being like, you know what, when you talk that way about other people to me, it triggers me, it, which is what I want to say. It I triggers fucking my anxiety. hate that word. I though. hate it too. I know, but the, they've forced me to use it, and and I'm just learning how Oof. to. It's, I'm just accepting it. But like to say, because I got I got clean before I got clean before triggered was like a word. Like it's before the treatment, there was no treatment facilities where I got clean. Like it was just like sit down. Shut yeah, I got up, sober in a hospital. Yeah, like a, like a legit like hospital, like just like that we weren't allowed outside, but thirty minutes a day. Yeah, no shoelaces. Yeah, well, no, no, it wasn't a mental institution, <laughs> uh -huh. but it was just a straight up hospital ward. So learning how to say and at learning to get through those social interactions, because what I find that the, the two things I have to work on the most in my later recovery is both like, um, is both balance. And communication. Those are two things yeah. I have to... And balance is the relationship with myself and communication is my relationship with others. Yeah, I... You know, I mean, that's a that's a through line through all of the years that I've been doing this. But it's mm -hmm. like, you know, like when you first get sober, it's like you just... You, yeah. ha you handle the shit that's going to kill you first. Exactly. You know, and like... Yeah. But now, like long term, you know, it's just like those things are just as deadly, you yeah. know, and not being able to just say no to people and just be like nah like i was hanging out with a friend of mine i was doing a show and uh like east of long beach right and i'm sitting in the back you know 
uh, and this comic comes up to me and was like, and, and now, furthermore, earlier on in the night, they didn't introduce themselves, they didn't say hello, no nothing. So that's the premise of this story. <laughs> and then I go up and I do okay, you know, mm-hmm. not to brag, but I'm good at what I do. You're very you know? good at what you do. Uh, okay to but, brag. But, but, but so I'm podcast. sitting in the back just hanging. Yeah. And this person comes up to me and was like, hey, could you record my set? No. And uh, it was going to, hand me, going to hand me their phone and I'm like, ah. Uh, and my friend who was with me who knows what I'm going through was like, absolutely not. And he's not even acknowledging, oh, but there it goes. They're not even acknowledging That's that. That's your friend. Yeah. They're not even acknowledging that person. Yeah. You know, and they're just like, what is that too much of a hassle for you? I'm like, yeah. uh, I'm like, my hands are real shaky. Like, I don't think that, I'm like, I don't think I can, and I got to sell merch later. And then they go out and they come back in and they're like, can I use your box? I'm like, no, that's where my merch is. <laughs> How about you go to the 99 cent store and buy a tripod? They that's, have yeah. them. <laughs> so that's the thing. It's like, so it's like, it, instead of just being straight up like, nah, no yeah. thanks. You know, it's just like, I was just like trying to find a kind way out of it. Right. When it's just like, like, fuck that person's unpreparedness and their feelings. You know, yeah. me saying no means no. You know, like just nah, sorry, yeah. nothing personal. No, sorry, nothing. Per- it's just like it's hard, though. It's hard because it, 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 to bring it back full circle of what you said, you've watched people talk shit out here, and the way it goes, it's just like I would rather have. I would rather have people not know that I don't really care for them and be kind to them, than them s- spread some shit about me. It's already hard enough doing what we do to, to, to start accruing enemies that <laughs> are dog shit comics to begin with. Can I tell you from my experience, no matter what, it's no, gonna you're going to get it. Anyway. <laughs> no, 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 you know, no, no, well tr- trust me. I probably, I, yeah, I probably are. And, and in that moment, I was being very authentic with yeah. that person who hit me for a spot on the show. And mm-hmm. I just didn't think they were, good fit for the show which i would appreciate by the way my i remember because you're a fucking good comic well thank you there's there's there was a moment where i hit a booker up too early in my career to do his show and he said i made it to this point in your tape and i didn't care for it Mm -hmm. and hit me up again in six months to a year yep and in six months to a year from then my my friend was like hey i got you a guest spot on this show and he said fucking kill because he doesn't think you're funny yep and then i did and it's like you and now I work with this person all the time. Yeah. But like you just, you know, it's like people want shit. Take the note. People, people want shit handed to them. And that's like it's just it's changed. It's just changed. Mm-hmm. And I and, and I, I like that it's changed as in so far as I adapt with the movements. Yeah. But how long have you been doing stand up? Oh, my God. It'll be it'll be five years soon. Yeah. It's like it's like in November. And probably. did you only just start out here? I started in Long Beach and Orange County, okay, and so then California. I came to California. Yeah. Okay, so where I, I I started in Central Illinois, and it was like I had a home club, so I hung out at the open mic, and I uh, got good enough to do five minutes, right? Okay. And I did five minutes consistently, and then I was at the club from Wednesday through Saturday, and I was just there. I was there helping, you know, if yeah. they needed someone to like run a bag of ice or clean the tables or whatever. I was just there. That was my spot. And like I had started stand up as a way to stop drinking. So my first I had a DUI. So I rode my my little bicycle down to the club in town and I would chain it up. And I was at the club Wednesday through Saturday. 
And, wow. and you know, and like I wasn't sober at the time. Like I just had stopped drinking. So I would hang out and smoke bowls with the headliners. I'd pack them all up and be like, yo, just tell me all the things, you know? And they would yeah. just be like, you know, if you're packing free bowls and they already love comedy and I'm not aggressive. Like I just, you know, I just yeah. know how to, I have tact. So I would sit there and be like, hey, you want to smoke a bowl? And I'd pack the bowl and they'd be like, well, how long have you been doing comedy? I'm like, I don't know, only six months. And they're like, yeah. well, here, let me tell you. And I just sat and listened mm-hmm. and I let them tell me, you know? And then I got good enough to do guest spots on the weekend. And then they taught me how to host. They're like, you will not, you're not even going to get any more guest spots on the weekend unless you learn how to do a seven to eight minute hosting set yeah. on a weekend show. A like, a P, like, a P, like a PG, PG 13 hosting set. Wow. You know, the, the motherfucking second club owner for my first home club would make us dress in fucking nice slacks and vest and a tie to fucking host at this place. It was completely delusional. <laughs> Of, the, of this of, of this fool but like and he was a piece of shit and like he he ain't, he ain't really doing shit right now and that's yeah. a whole nother story but like but it gave you the structure you needed and it gave you the foundation it, it, it helped me take it seriously yeah it helped me take it seriously and respect it from the ground up yep you know and then like i feel like out here and i love being part of the la comedy scene like people ask me what my biggest accomplishment has been since i've been out here it's just that i can go to the comedy store on a monday and say hello to all my friends i have friends i i I can i have good comics that know what it's like to work the road you know like and i don't have to feel like i'm bragging yeah you know and some of those headliners that helped me when i was just an open micer are now my fucking friends and i didn't have to like reestablish that we knew each other or they didn't have to worry that i was like talking to them because i want something from them they're just my friends now yeah you know i eat food with them you know people that i looked up to because i just I, i started in central illinois so like everybody who i was mentored by that's still in the game either lives here in new york so it's like out here like i run into them and i can say thank you for being kind to me i'm still here it's eight and a half years into this fucking comedy journey and it's because you were kind to me when i started so that's insofar as that's i that's what the way i was brought up like i'm not afraid that someone's gonna get something that i should get before i get it like i'm not afraid i'm not afraid i don't I'm not mm-hmm. afraid you're going to steal my jokes. Like, I don't give a shit. I tell the jokes right. I want to tell. Right. Like, I, I, I you know, I, I have always told the jokes I want to tell since the beginning. Some yeah. of them are personal. Some of them are fucking dumb. And yeah. I just I just keep doing the way I've always done it. And, and I, I can be happy for even people I don't care for success. Yeah. I, I can look and know. I'm like, all right, that person got an opportunity and they're not as funny as me. So that means I can get an opportunity one day. That comes from a confidence in your both your own art and your in your the quality of your character well and that has a lot to do i mean look like jealousy happens and like i i send i send fucking resent resentment mind missiles at people all day long (laughs) you know but like i don't i have a rule like i feel some type of way for three days okay so like say you said something snide to me at the club okay and i'd be like I'm so sorry if I did. Fuck Anna. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'll, I'll be upset about it for a day. Okay. Then the second day, I see, am I still upset about this? Yeah. And usually no. But sometimes there's residuals of effects and I'm like, okay, you know, I'll go to, you know, I go to a meeting because that's just the way I do sobriety. Yeah. And not necessarily, I, I'll do the things that have kept me sober to this point. And then by the third day, if I still feel some type of way about you, I got to be doing work. 
Mm-hmm. I got to work on it. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's some people out there like, I don't feel bad for a minute. I'm like, that's kind of stupid. Like I, I mm-hmm. have a three day rule, 72 hour rule. By the third day, if I'm still hung up on it, you know, I'm, I'm just, this is trivial shit because it's the yeah. trivial shit it's always for me shit. at least mm-hmm. that gets my goat more than anything. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying I'm going to be over my dad's death in three fucking days. <laughs> no. You know what I'm saying? No. Like not even three, you know what I'm saying? Like, it takes it, a while. But for the trivial shit, yeah. like this person, you know, it's like I might have to do some work on it because it happened like three or four days ago and it's still okay. ki- it's still kind of burning me. You know, yeah. I feel better about it because I, I've confirmed in inside myself that I, I had the best intentions. I try to handle it kindly and professionally because right. I have a reputation. And at the end of the day, it's not my fucking it's not my fucking problem. Right, 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 right. It's not my problem. Right. Get fucking funnier and then you won't have to do my shitty show. Right. Absolutely. And it's not that it's a shitty show. It's a very good show. But I'm just saying like yeah. the attitude that my act works everywhere and you're wrong for not booking me. Then right. why are you even asking me for a spot? I run a fucking show at a brewery or a, dist- or a distillery. Right. Like, you know, if your act works everywhere, go to all five of the clubs in the, in the fucking city area. Yeah. Go work there. Leave me the fuck alone. Well, the other thing, too, is it, like having I feel like having yelled jo- yelled into microphones at most of the most of the breweries in the area. Yeah. Like you, you got it. That's a specific skill. And and what that person maybe should do um, is to show up to the show and see oh, what mean, it is. I, oh, that yeah, you yeah, book. yeah, yeah. I and, mean, I, I tell people the yeah. quickest way to get on any of my shows, I, I could because it's the way I was raised up in comedy. Yeah, it's and it's the way I was taught in sobriety. You suit up and you show up. Right. And you don't expect anything. And things happen. Like there were times when I would go to the club every weekend just to be there that the host wouldn't show up. Yeah. And they would be like, Dave, I need you to host. That was such a shocking thing when I when I'm in other markets that that happens. Yeah. I'm like, what? Or I'd be hanging out talking to like the, the feature of the headliner and they just like talking to me like, do you want to do a guest spot tonight? And yeah. I'm like, are you sure? Like, yeah. let me make sure it's okay with the club owner. And then yeah. I, that's how I got my stage time. Yeah. I was just there. Yeah. I, you know, I've always uh, in comedy and in, in sobriety, it's just like I might not be the funniest motherfucker out there. Right. But I'll be damned if I'm not the most useful. Yeah. You know, and that was when I when in the beginning when I wasn't as 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 funny as I am now, it's just I was I was going to be damned if someone would outwork me and being useful and helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, I never wanted to get a job there, but I would just help. Did you do you ever weird people out? This is a thing I used to do because I came in I came into comedy with like 12 years uh clean and the the weird part about it is that like when um I, I would like ask, ask people, do you need me to pick up a chair? Do you need anything? Is there anything I can help you with? Mm-hmm. And it really would kind of freak people out at first. Yep. They didn't quite know what to do with that information. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just the, my Pavlovian response to chairs. <laughs> I'd be yeah. like, I'll pick that up. Yo, <laughs> yo, yo for, for anybody in comedy just listen, listening to this podcast or in recovery in general, yeah, it's just like this is, this is my three-pronged approach to trying to get on a show. Okay. Okay. Let's and this it. is for independent shows. Okay. I reach out to the person or I ask them in person, hey, I'd love to do your show. Yeah. What's the best way for me to submit to you? Oh. By Facebook, by email, because some people do it through email, some people do it through Facebook. Yeah. Some people will be like, let me just look at my phone. Uh, I'll, I'll put, put you on right, right now. Yeah, no, yeah. just so I don't mm-hmm. have to worry about it. Okay. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is then I send it out. 
I send I send a professional email or a professional inbox like, hey, it's Dave. It was good talking to you, you know, the other day at the store. You know, we talked about maybe possibly doing your show. Here's a clip. Hope I uh, hope you consider putting me on your show. Perfect. Consider. Consider. Because that, that doesn't put any pressure no on anybody. Pressure. It's just like, here's my clip. Here's it should speak for itself. Yeah. And then part of that second approach is I'll follow up in like a month. Yeah. And say, hey, did you get a chance to watch that clip? Follow up. Here's that third. There's your third no, step. No, 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 no. This oh, is still part the of the second. Step? Okay. The third step is if if you haven't responded to me and I don't know if you've watched my clip or not, I will go support your show. Yeah. I will wait till I see someone on the lineup that I like, you know, a friend or, yeah. you know, someone I just enjoy their comedy and I will go support the show. And then I'll wait until the end of the show. I'll help clean up and I'll be like, hey, I sent you a clip. I will just. Because it's not, it's just like, I'm not trying to corner anybody. Yeah. Like, hey, I sent you a clip. You know, I'd really still love to do this show. Yeah. Can you please, you know, check it out and let me know what you think? Yeah. And then at that point, if they don't get back to me, I don't need to do the fucking show. Yeah. I don't need to do your fucking show. Or it could be a wait and see situation. No, 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 no. no, no, no. I'm, it's, I'm done. I, I, I am done. It's, mm-hmm. it, I'm not wasting my time. Right. Well, well, I think what I'm saying is when my, when, when I've exhausted all of those options and then I just sort of sit on my hands, usually about six months later, they'll be like, Hey, do you want to do the show? Like it's their idea. And I'll be like, Oh yeah. I, I just put, I, <laughs> I just put it out of my brain. Yeah. Just, it's, uh, I've done, yeah. I've done three professional things. Okay. Yeah. And if still after that third thing, it's, I don't expect everybody to want to book me, yeah. okay? But I have done exactly what I believe, yeah. and this is just Dave's method. This mm-hmm. is not, this is the, the method that has worked for me. Mm-hmm. I've showed you that A, I'm a person, B, I'm a hardworking comic, B, uh, C, I'm diligent, and D, it's like, I'm going to go support your room even if you don't book me. Yeah. Now I'm going to go there every week and be a creeper? No, but right. I'm going to go once, and I'm going to enjoy the show, and I'm going to hang out. And two, going to the show... You know, sometimes you'll realize like halfway through the show, like, oh, I don't want to do this motherfucking yeah. show. Yeah, sometimes you yeah, get sometimes that pro- Sometimes that promo game I is a little stronger say, than the actual show. Sometimes a lot of those pictures are taking over the three people's <laughs> shoulders to make it look like in a pack room. Ooh, that, 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 uh, that flyer, she's sexy. Yeah, uh-huh. see, someone hired a good artist, buddy, and then mm-hmm. didn't waste any time putting motherfuckers in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god or they're still building their audience yeah that's that's definitely a it's thing the, it's too. the same thing in recovery yeah. i yeah. try to say what i need and what i don't need yeah. i try to be helpful but i also just know when to just leave it the fuck alone like when you're helping someone new it's just like okay here's the here's the deal here's my number yeah okay when i was sponsored coming into the game this is what i was told you're gonna call me once a day and we're gonna meet up once a week can I tell you, it's seven years. I had a very similar, between seven to 10 were the hardest years of my recovery. Yay! Yeah, just letting you know, like, this is like... like How many years you got now? Uh, I'll be 17 in November, mm. so 16, which is... The 17th, I hear, is the hardest. Really? No, I no, always say... I don't like, know. You said, I don't remember you you could have said two, and I would have said three is the hardest. I could have... Okay, but here's the deal. So, like... When I had seven years, my I have a joke about having sex with a guy and he has a stroke. That happened. Um, my <laughs> mother died. My um, 
I went through a breakup. Mm-hmm. My behavior became so bad. My sponsor basically said, go to therapy or never call me again. Yeah. Um, I went through a sponsor thing. I went through job changes. Mm-hmm. I went through, it was like every month there was some new crazy crisis yeah. and it didn't really calm down fully until about 10 years. But what it did is it made me dig deeper and it made me work on things in ways that I didn't want to address. Sure. I didn't want to look at it and it made me work the steps all over again. And I, and I, it brought me to a new level of sure. surrender. Do you feel like you're at the surrender phase yet? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no. My, my dad died literally less than two months ago. Yeah, I'm just content. With there fe- yet, I'm yeah. just content with fucking feeling it. Yeah. You know, and I share about it in meetings and I, yeah. I, I add the caveat to my share, you know, like, and don't come up to me after the meeting. I'm not, yeah. bro- I'm not broken. Please. And please don't tell me where you think my dad is right now. Like, uh. it's like, oh, your dad's looking down on you in heaven right now. I'm like, listen, Jeff in the Vietnam hat. Like, I ain't trying to hear that <laughs> shit right now. I know, but people would tell me that. I And I heard you take a call before we recorded this podcast. And it was interesting because you answered a question that, because people behave around death in this really strange way. So they'll try to like ascribe some sort of meaning to like why it happened or like, well, why do you think it happened? How do you think they got it? And it's like, yo, my dad had a, uh, Brandy Posey's mom died of the same illness my dad died of. Yep. And it's like, no, my dad had a super rare illness and it's just bad luck. They mine, don't know what's yeah, Mine was cancer. Did, did the fact that he lived his life the way he wanted to help it? Probably not. But like also like I don't I don't like when people personify a disease. Right. It's whether, their own discomfort with well, the possibility hey, look, of having if you, it. Hey, look, if you want to fucking do that shit, fine. Right, right. But like my dad died of pancreatic cancer. And it's not like I think pancreatic cancer chose my dad. It's not a sentient fucking right. thing. Right. Just like when people in sobriety like will say like, oh, my alcoholism is in the parking lot doing push-ups waiting for me to fuck up. Go fuck yourself. It's not real. That's not real. Yeah. Like if that's the if you have to personify something to make you feel better, fine. It is not my place to judge anybody's path to, to acceptance or recovery or whatever the fuck. Yeah. But it's like... In giving it human traits, that means I have to, like, I have to, that means it made decisions to do what it did. Right. That means, that means cancer chose my dad. That means cancer has an ass that needs to be kicked. Yeah. It's a fucking disease. It yeah. Do, it doesn't choose. It's just, it just does it. it just and does. some people beat it more, more often than not, people don't. Yeah. You know, and look. A lot of people, when they're hurting and in pain, which I am all of those things currently, say, why me? Why me? And and for me, it's like, why not me? I guess, you know, because like I have the tools to fucking handle this shit. Yeah. You know, I've seen smaller shit topple stronger people than me. So what the fuck do I got to complain about? You know, yeah. I, I, I sleep in a bed. I got food in the fridge. I'm not I'm not a shithead to people nine times out of ten anymore. Like I don't know. It just sucks. And I'm writing jokes about grief, and and I and I'm still working on them. You know, I, I I recorded an album in March, um, and I made the snap decision to do it because I knew my dad was dying, and there's a chunk of material that I wouldn't be able to do anymore once he passed. 
you know, so I didn't make a big deal about it. Like I didn't set up an album like recording event page and shit. Like I'm a big Grateful Dead fan. So I'm like, I'm just going to make this be a, a fucking live album. You know, and so I did the best I could as far as getting equipment to make it sound good, but I didn't tell anybody. I just kept it for me. Like, yeah. I, I just went, I'm going to do this. And if it turns out great, I'll release it. If it doesn't, then fuck it. I can re listen to it and learn from it, but I don't have to do nothing with it. Yeah. You know, and it turned out fine. 115 people showed up. I did the theater in the town where I started comedy and got sober in. It was a big accomplishment for me to see my yeah. name on a marquee at a theater where I've seen fucking countless bands at. It's a big accomplishment for me. And a, a big chunk of that material, though, was about my dad. Yeah. And he was still alive. Yeah. And then April 30th, he died. You know, like I was I, w- I was on stage um, and I just kind of felt it like I knew it was coming. I had my last conversation with him on the 29th and I was just we're just waiting for the call. And I was hosting at the uh, Irvine Improv. And I remember going into some of the dad material just out of muscle memory. And it came out fine, but I started into the setup of one of the jokes about my dad. And inside, I was just like, ooh, that don't feel good. That don't feel right anymore. And then I got off stage, and 15 minutes later, he was dead. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you just keep showing up. Like, I just keep showing up. And I'm trying to do the best that I can to take care of myself. I've not been able to sit with it. You know, I'm a workaholic by nature. Mm-hmm. You know, so I have spent time where I've just ate Chinese food and watched TV. You know, um, that's super healthy, by the way, you know, to have those moments. But I haven't been able to sit quietly with it yet. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's not going to happen ever, but it's just like, like literally I'm less than two months into this. And now I, I've got a breakup on top of it, wow. which was a very, like, it was, it was, a, uh, I love that person still very much. And it just wasn't, uh, it didn't seem like it was going to, we were on two different paths. I, I, I still, I, it, it, I wish nothing but the best for this person and it hurts and I have a lot of regret. Um, but it's also the thing is, it's just like, I came out here to do a thing, you know? And it's not like I chose comedy over a relationship or happiness. It's just like I came out here for a reason. And that means I I had to sa- I had to sacrifice a chunk of years that I needed to devote to doing this. And I, I can't, like, settle down, you know, right now. And, and it hurts a lot. Um, and... I'm questioning myself. It's like, you know, did you did you both make the right decision? Did you do something like because nobody did? It'd be a lot easier. It's like if it was like Dave, I can't deal with your crippling strip club addiction anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but there wasn't anything. It's right. like I can't deal with you cheating on me anymore. Like right. no, there was nothing. There was nothing wrong, and 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 it ended. It's your first successful breakup. It no just, it wasn't because <laughs> it wasn't no no no. i've had successful ones and i've had yeah. shitty ones but it's just yeah. like i was probably the best version of myself in this relationship because i've had so many shitty relationships okay so as a person in recovery like i've had to learn by fucking default yeah you know like when i got sober i was like i don't cheat on people anymore right you know and i've tried to hold to that and yeah. and it's been successful so far good for you you know yeah. um but it's just it's just i can't 
stop feeling like garbage right now. I'm sorry. So I just have to let myself feel like garbage yeah. and and do the work. Oh, I'm good. Okay. She's trying to hand me a handkerchief because I, I was tearing up. I have a handkerchief. Yeah, her, um, that's that's a real that's a real chola handkerchief, know, by the way. I know. I used that's to wear them in my hair. That's a straight I, up. You know, hoop earring, fucking yes. white. For those listening, it is a white bandana with a typical like yes. f- floral mm-hmm. like pattern. That's, yeah, like, where it could either be uh, a headband or mm-hmm. a. Stick them up. Give me all your give, yeah. me, give me all your sausages at. <laughs> or I'm making salsa and I don't want to breathe in all that burning capsaicin. Oh, my lungs are used to it by now. <laughs> so, would you say this has been the most insane moment in your recovery? What this moment that we're sitting in right now, or yeah, these just past, like, like current life and times of Dave? I don't know. I don't know. You don't know yet. I don't. I I I can't. I can't quantify. Mm-hmm the way that I feel right now. And I don't think that I should. No. It just hurts a lot. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, every time I think I can't take much more, more happens. So it's just like, all right, universe, whenever you're done shitting on me, yeah. you know, uh, I'll be grateful. <laughs> so, yeah. it's, so I just got to walk through it, you know? Yeah. And I just, I don't want it to turn me into a hard motherfucker. Because yeah. it has the potential to do that. Yeah. Because again, when I hurt, mm-hmm. I want to hurt. Okay? And you know, I've done a lot of work to have that quality of myself removed. But sometimes shit crops up again. Mm-hmm. You know? Like when I hurt, I want to hurt. Mm-hmm. And I want to say mean things because for some sick fucking reason, it makes me feel some kind of good. But in the end of the day, it, it's not the way to do it. You know, like I've had I've had past breakups where in sobriety where um the person cheated on me and broke up with me and i wrote a sick five minute bit about it and it was (laughs) probably at the at that point my best joke Mm -hmm. um but i ran i was on tour like i was an independent tour me and my buddies were doing 13 cities and i ran through the fucking i ran through all the cities with my pants around my ankles and i was very noble about it i was like hey lady if you want to hang and fuck and eat food, <laughs> we can, but I'm going to be in another city tomorrow. <laughs> so, like, I'm just being honest with you. Like, if there's something that sounds good yeah. to you, we can do that shit, you know? Yeah. You know, and it it was open, honest, and but it was still trying to fill a fucking yeah. painful hole in my chest with vagina, you know? And it that, that doesn't work. Painful holes with painful holes. No, you can't. You know? One hole. Holes don't fill holes. Holes don't fill holes. You know? There's <laughs> holes can't fill holes. That's, <laughs> That's the, that, the that, more you is, know. Is, is, this. Is, that, is that the is that the title of <laughs> the podcast? That's gotta be the title of it now. Holes don't fill holes. holes. Holes don't fill holes. Um, what? How do you make decisions right now? Uh, I, where you're at? I don't. Okay. I, I try. I, 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 I just. I I I know. I try to do the best I can. Yeah. Uh, like. Like I I have always found comfort in the work. So I'm, I'm still getting on stage. I'm still trying new material. If anything, what the grief has done is has eliminated almost in total how much I give a fuck what other people think about what I'm doing up there. I don't care at all, which, yeah. is, which is very freeing. Mm-hmm. Because when I first came out here, and I have only been out here for you know two and a half years, you know, my first year out here, I was cycling through all my A shit in yeah. every room. I was like, all right. 
this is the shit I've toured with. This is the shit people mm-hmm. have paid me money to feature mm-hmm. with. This is the shit I've headlined with. It's 80% or better jokes. Those are the jokes that I keep are the jokes that work 80% of the time every time. Yeah. I don't care in what room either. I'm talking Texas, Wisconsin, Philly, Vegas. Which are, by the way, the jokes you should keep in your act. But I was bringing them shit. Try- I'm not trying to do C plus jokes. <laughs> no, I mean, I've been known to do a C plus joke just because I like it. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but, but I was bringing that A shit out here and like doing these fucking god awful open mics, which I'll never stop doing because it's just, it's part, it's going to the gym, you know? Yeah. But it, like my A shit was fucking bombing. And it was yeah. just having to, having to fucking just take it and just be like, okay, you know? Now I now I have to, you know, categorize my jokes in a different way now. Are these jokes that are only going to work on the road? Because that it's that's real. Mm-hmm. There are jokes that will only work when I'm not here. It just as the same as there are jokes here that will never work anywhere else. True. You know? So it's 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 been like like I said it's been the joy of my life to be part of something like the LA comedy scene that is bigger than me, that on any given night I can watch the best to ever touch a microphone do it and that makes me happy. Yeah. I've got friends. You're my friend yeah, you're and that makes friend. me happy. Yeah. I can go out to the club and no matter what I'm fi- I could be like, oh, there's my friend. Yeah. You know? And like, because I didn't, like I started in central Illinois. Mm-hmm. That's where I got sober but we didn't have a big comedy scene. We had like yeah. maybe 10 comics, 15 comics. Mm-hmm. And then once I, I grew in comedy, I was one of maybe two or three that were working. Yeah. And then it's like you come back to your tiny scene and the people that aren't working, they ostracize you. Yeah. You know, and it's fine. Like I still have a lot of love for those cats, but it's just like out here, like I don't, I, I don't need to prove to nobody. Like I'm a working fucking comic. Yeah. I am employed by comedy and hot sauce right now. <laughs> that is, and I have work day jobs out here, but as of yeah. this moment, comedy's being good to me, and and the hot sauce sales are are, are good, and you know I, I would much rather have my dad back, but I like yeah. I I had a, a a tiny tiny bit of money, which allows me to not have to fucking worry about rent for at least this month. Yeah, you know, so it's like I've got gigs on the books. I'm trying to take you know, some months off the road. Cause I was on the road for six straight months. Yeah. Like I put 6,500 miles on my car in April. Crazy. It, it is crazy. Yeah. It's not the life that I want for myself, but it's how I know how to make money doing stand up. Yeah. You know, I, I, I book a couple cornerstone gigs at clubs mm-hmm. and then I book independent shit all the way out. So, all the way so, so I'm working. Make you gas know. money till you get to the next club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I've slept in my fucking car, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, and that's, it's just, that's not, it's not a, it's not a great life, but it's better than fucking working with some motherfuckers I hate. Yeah, I feel you. Like I, I, feel I, you. I quit the day job in February, and, and I haven't. And I've quit my day job before and have had comedy support me. It's just like yeah. I have enough fucking wherewithal to know that I don't like eating ramen noodles all day every day. So if yeah. I need to go get a day job again, I will. Yeah, I'm not too proud. I I have half a day job right now. Yeah, good, but you're supposed yeah. to. You're supposed yeah. to. Like yeah. don't don't take this the wrong way. This is yeah. not me being no. like a scene stir or a fucking no. jaded comic. Yeah. It's like you're a little over five years in. Yeah. Like you're supposed to have a day job. Yeah. That's not look, 
I, I believe that time is a good indicator and, and lets me know that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. I, it is, that doesn't mean any quality of your comedy. I like your comedy. Yeah, I book, I, I would book you on my shows because you're very funny. Mm. And it's, it, it, but at five years in the comedy, yeah. that's, that's the illusion that fucking LA creates is because you watch motherfuckers with four or five years in the comedy pop some credits and then they're gone. Try try the mind fuck of popping some credits at two years in. That's yeah. what happened to me, and I and not that that's I'm so grateful for that experience. Sure, but definitely the last couple of years have been about um, doing the work. Yeah, and earning them stripes, well, <laughs> earning them credits. Well, no, and, and, and <laughs> it's I'm like gonna, I bought that shit on layaway. And I'm and I'm going to say this. Yeah, it's, it's at two years in, mm-hmm. none of us know how to ride a wave. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah. so 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 you get your opportunity, and I watch people get opportunities like that, and mm-hmm. I say to myself, I say, self, I hope they reach out to someone who's got more time in than yeah. them, that will show them how to ride this wave. Yeah. Okay, because where I started, there was no waves. Right. There was you. Your goal is to get on the road and be a professional comedian. Yeah. I am a professional comedian. Yeah. My bills are paid by stand-up comedy and my merch. Yeah. Okay. Now, it. does that mean it's going to always be like that? No. Does that mean I, I have enough um, I have enough confidence in what I do that if I have to go work for another fucking stupid sober living, I will? No, we'll write that sober living show first. <sighs> I've been telling you. People Let's have told me to. It, yeah. Let's but, fucking do it, man. It, but it's it's a shit or get off the pot kind of situation out here, you know? Yeah. Like it's just like a lot of people have all these great ideas and things like that and yeah. then no one does anything. Yeah. Like I work. Like I don't you know, people are like, How do you get on the road? I'm like, You just go. You just and go. you don't make a and you don't make any money. You break and, even if you're lucky. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you keep that day job mm-hmm. so that when you come back, you don't gotta live in a fucking R V. Mm-hmm. Like everybody wants to everybody loves that sexy LA story like oh he sold his first script while he was living in the van but no one likes the story that oh yeah that motherfucker worked 40 hours during the day and then put in almost 40 hours at night running running the streets doing shows and mad. open mics you know pulling 70 hour weeks yeah that's I a, would that's not a sexy story I would sleep in my car in between work and stand up and yeah. sometimes like I'd have to sleep in my car just to make it home the next day yeah. just to get like two hours of sleep because I couldn't I couldn't see straight. You know, and then on top of it all you have to fucking do what you had to do to take care of your head and stay sober. Yeah. Because you take the drugs and alcohol away from me. If I'm not taking care of my fucking head, I'm gonna be just as crazy as I was when I was drinking and drugging. Except I don't have the drugs and alcohol, which were the duct tape that I used to fix yeah. my entire fucking life. And you could fix a lot of shit temporarily with duct yeah. tape. You could tow a fucking car with duct tape, but it's going to break down eventually. My normie boyfriend called it. He goes, it's like you turn into Mariah Carey level diva. Oh it's like boy. you start like wandering around the house just being like, I need coffee and I need everybody out of my way. Yeah. <laughs> I see it. And now I think about it. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty fucking accurate and funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you got to take care of yourself. Yeah. I, I get irritable. I get restless, irritable mm-hmm. and discontent. Mm-hmm. That is what I get. If I'm not taking care of myself. Yeah. And unfortunately, now I have to relearn how to take care of myself. Yeah. And what's been the most interesting thing you've learned about yourself in that process? That I could, that I don't, that that I'm strong enough to walk through it. Yeah. Even though I don't feel like I am. Yeah. 
trust me, like I would love to go smoke a fucking legal joint right now just to take the pain away. Yeah. But I've got too much going on in my life, which has never stopped me from flushing it all down the toilet before. But it's just like it, it, there's no there's no point. You like who you are now and yeah, you like your that life. That phone call I got earlier before we started yeah. the podcast was from someone in recovery. Yeah. If I if I was to go out and smoke weed right now, I wouldn't in good conscience be able to answer that phone and talk to that person. So some days what keeps me sober is not Dave wanting to be sober. It's that I know I made a deal with the universe that if it helped give me my life back, that I would do as much as I humanly could to help the next person and have kept up that end of the bargain. And what that means is, even though I feel like getting drunk or stoned, I will... I need to keep up that end of the bargain of helping people. And I can't in good conscience answer someone's call at three in the morning that's struggling if I'm fucking wrist deep in a fucking gravity bong, you know? Yeah. It's just, and that's, there's no other, it it is the only real, aside from stand-up comedy, you know, helping other people to save my own life has been the only other noble pursuit that I've done. Yeah. You know? It's beautiful. Next question. Next question. <laughs> what's your experience of fear and anxiety right now? Oh, no. What's your level of honesty? I think pretty fucking honest. 90%. Yeah. 90%. Yeah. What? I mean, honest to a fault. Yeah. On, honest to a Facebook argu- argument. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 90%. How many questions? This is called 12 questions. How many have we gone through? Are you keeping track? Six. Okay. I can keep this thing nailed down in my brain man okay well Greg, you it's go been, girl Keep it's going. been a minute well sometimes folks they we start talking and they gotta blow off some steam you know sometimes they yeah i didn't intend on that sorry no <laughs> it, it just happens it just happens and i need to also stop saying sorry so much that's a goal of mine yo that i mean that's real talk yeah if, if i'm saying if i'm saying i'm sorry a lot it's usually self-centered fear and manifesting as anxiety yeah which Brings me to like how how are you experiencing fear and anxiety right now? Um, well, my dad died at fifty nine, so I have a fear that I'm not going to make it past fifty nine. Yo, I know that sucks because it's like that's a very selfish thought to have. No, but it's like you know, I I wasn't a big fan of death in 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 general and yeah. death things. Yeah. You know, cemeteries. I'm not one of those cats that wants to go to a cemetery and watch a fucking movie. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just it's eerie to me. Okay. Um, so now my mortality is is in, in question more so than it was before. Like, am I gonna get cancer now? You know. Now what 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 should I be doing to not die? You know. Uh, I fear that I made the wrong decision with my relationship that just ended. Yeah. You know? Did I just give up a chance at like long term happiness just because I was unwilling to compromise certain things? You know, um, you know, I fear like everybody out, like that, uh, that out here, like that in three months I'll have to move home. I mean, it's less of a fear now because I've gotten smart with my money and yeah. like, I, I'm a very responsible road comic. Dave, we have two couches. You're not going to have to move home. I just, you asked me. And, and. Fancied or real. That's true. Fancied or real. Yeah. These are the fears. And these yeah. are not, these is, this is the 90% honesty that you're getting. I love it. Yeah. You know, I love it. Um, I fear, I fear for my ma because she's alone. Yeah. So, uh, and anxiety, it's just because I don't know how to fucking live right now. 
Like I'm waking up, I'm brushing my teeth, I'm going to my meetings, I'm talking to people that I feel like talking to and not talking to the motherfuckers I don't feel like talking to, you know, but it's just like, uh, it's as best as I can muster, it's when I first got sober, I had to learn to relive my life without this, this thing that's been in my life since I was young, Yeah, which was the drugs and the alcohol. Okay. Now I need to relearn how to live my life without my dad. Yeah. And I'm a year and a half or a month and a half into relearning how to live. And it sucks. It fucking sucks. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, you're not crazy. I, my dad died at 57 and my mom died at 53. And I've been trying to write a joke about how I've been in a midlife crisis <laughs> for 10 years. Like I just didn't plan. I didn't plan for for you know the age that I am now. I didn't. I just didn't. I didn't think. And what you're experiencing is totally yeah. fucking normal and totally part of the grief process and the abandonment fears and all of it is. It's going to be really intense for a while, and having gone through it and done the work on grief, I, I get it. Yeah, I. I, uh, I just I don't I don't I don't know what it's going to look like. And I, I'm yeah. just trying to tell myself that it's okay right now not to know. Yeah. But six fun, six months from now, I should probably hopefully be doing some work, you know? And, but yeah, it, just, but I'm not pushing myself. Yeah. Like people are like, you need to go to a grief recovery group. I'm like, no, shut up. <laughs> it's like the last, somebody who's really been doing a 12 step meeting for a long, like, tw- or like has been in 12 st- or been in rooms or recovery or whatever for a long time. Here, here I'm going to bust, I'm going to bust in. This is, this is, you asked me what level of honesty I'm at right now. Yeah. I got, I got a number from a cat who's a wonderful person. Okay? Yeah. Um, where is it? This is the level of honesty. Where is it? Hi, no, this is not the best. Uh, um, uh, no, I love it. Uh, what I was going to say is it's like, it's like the when people propose to me to go to different types of meetings or like support groups, my immediate thought is no, no. Like, but, but that's why I gravitate more towards individual therapy. And I've tried a bunch of other meetings. People who listen to this podcast know I've tried yeah. all the flavors. Yeah. But like, look, damn. Look, hey, do what you got to do to fucking get through this thing called life. Okay. Yeah. Like, I don't I'm just care. not, I'm just not one of those people that's like, I'm going to go to 12 different types of meetings a week. I'm like, I can't do that. No. That's I, too I, much. <laughs> yo. And maybe that's a problem. Maybe who knows? I might have to realize it. No. But, but here's the, here's the thing. I've tried to let myself tell people it's okay and say yes to people that want to help me okay yeah but also there's a message okay and this no i know your podcast has a humongous reach you know what i'm saying all 300 listeners a month are gonna really care but they're passionate they're a mighty we're a small but we're like an la comedy show it is a small but fierce group and i love it (laughs) tell your friends here here's here's the message that's exchanged okay at the risk of pissing you off even more is the first line. No! Which you automatically know. Like, yo, no! you already feel like you, what you're about to say is going to... Why say it? Something. <laughs> My wife lost her father and is doing a grief group with other adults who have recently lost a parent. It is through a place called Blank, and she says it's been a great help for her. Blank. Yeah. There are men that go there, too. I also know other men who have lost parents and happy to connect 
you with them if you're interested. So this is very kind. Yeah, that's, yeah. And if you ever want some service work, you can come play with my kids at a park sometime. Weird. So, <laughs> so here's, here comes the honesty. My response. Thank you. Appreciate the sentiment. I don't really like kids, so probably not the best idea for me. But I appreciate you nonetheless. You want to deal with a tiny human? No, I don't like tiny humans. No, no, no. I, I, I don't mind kids. Yeah. Okay? But I barely know this cat right yeah i'm like and this is gonna sound terrible like i like dogs and i like cats to a degree but i'm not really a big fan of dogs and cats that i don't know okay so it's the same thing with kids like i'm not a big fan of kids that i don't know need an introduction yeah i well i need uh, and too because not everybody's kids are well behaved just like not everybody's pets are well behaved. True. So now I have to pretend that I like what's going on to not seem like the evil kid hating, dog hating motherfucker just because like you haven't trained them right. You know, I. What's service work, too. If you want to do some service work, you can come play with my kids. That sounds like that sounds like you were just looking for a free babysitter, motherfucker. I think the hardest thing to accept when my mom died, it was less it was less so than when my dad died. But when my mom died, or when my dad died, what happened was a lot of people reached out to me using the tools that they had in the best way that they could. Yes. And a lot of it was super fucking awkward because we just don't teach people how to deal with death in an appropriate way in this country. Nope. We just don't really, we don't know what to do. Yo, my dad told me, and it was hard conversation to have, he goes, when I go, this is what I want. I want all my friends to come to the American Legion Hall. Because he was in the army. Perf. And he's like, I want there to be an open bar and a bunch of food. And I want it to be a good time. Yeah. And so that's exactly what we did. And I did the eulogy. And I got I, I cried almost the whole time. And I'm good at speaking in front of people. So the right. speech in front of people was fine. Um, I got applause breaks and a standing ovation at my dad's eulogy. You hear that, industry? Book me. Book him. I, Book got, a stand, I got a standing O at my dad's eulogy. Standing <laughs> And I sold two cases of hot sauce at my dad's eulogy. So fuck. You had merch. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> if you do not have a joke about selling merch at your dad's eulogy, goddamn it, please write it. Now look, I didn't set up a fucking merch table, like. <laughs> but I. No, you were selling out of your trunk like a drug dealer. I've done that before too. <laughs> but like, because it's a legion, and he's friends with a lot of the people that work yeah. there, and I've done a sh- comedy show there That's before. Sweet. The bartender lady was like, hey, did you bring any hot sauce? I'm like, well, yeah, I have some, but I'm not going to set up a fucking table. She's like, well, just give me the cases. I'll move them. So I I fronted her two cases of hot sauce. An hour and a half later, later, the sweet lady comes up to me with fucking a fistful of cash. She's like, I sold them all. Well, that's because people want to support Money and food help with grief. Money and food. Catholics, listen, they fuck a lot of things up. There's a lot of wrong that the Catholics have done. But if you have a Catholic in your family and somebody mm. dies, the food will be good and the money will be in your pocket. Yo, who's, the, be- who's better than that, though? Jewish folks. Jewish, true. Yo, <laughs> yo, yo, Jewish folks have that shit down. A good friend of mine in recovery, she lost her father and her sister. Bang, bang. Mm-hmm. So when I, w- when I was back home, we would just have two people g- get togethers. Yeah. You know? And like in the Jewish religion... You're in the ground in 48 hours, and then everybody's eating food for a week. 
Yeah. You know, that is what's up. They cut to the good part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, well, they cut to the healing. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's, that's the thing. It's just like, I, I don't care what anybody believes in, but for me, it's just like, you know, someone did, someone did me a kindness and I'm not going to use their name because that, that negates the kindness. They found my email from someone and shot me $15 over via PayPal. And in the notes, it said, Hey, sorry, I haven't reached out sooner. Take this money and go buy some food for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it was the fucking right way to do it. Yeah. Now I'm saying I don't need I, I'm financially fine. Yeah. I am financially fine. It's just they I'm, were I'm being not, honest. I'm not a broke bitch. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. like I literally took that money and bought myself Chinese food. Yeah. And that person? Jewish. Yeah. You know, that's and that's the thing. It's just like so it's you know, like I, I've had a lot of good interactions, but I've also majority have been piss poor interactions. Yeah. You know, because people don't know what to do. You know, it's like I was saying earlier, it's like, hey, open micer from yeah. <laughs> Tallahassee that I met one time. Right. You're not going to be the person that I'm going to reach out to. I appreciate your Facebook message, but it's not, you're not the one, you know? Yeah. And there's been no rhyme or reason to who I've reached out to and who I haven't. And some people, I just, I just know I don't want to talk to them. It doesn't mean I don't love them. Doesn't mean I don't appreciate them. It's just like in my brain, I've got this indicator that goes off. Yeah. And it's either goes nope, or yeah, maybe I can talk to this person for a little bit. Yeah. Like when I'm out in the scene, like there's some people where I've had good conversations in the past where they ask me how I'm doing, I'll tell them exactly how I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but then there's other people and it doesn't mean they're bad people or whatever. And I've known, there's people I've known for 10 years that I don't want to talk to. And it doesn't mean I don't care about them. And there's people I've only known since being out here that I feel comfortable talking to. It's, you know, it's, it's a weird thing of like knowing who can, who, who's going to make you do emotional labor. Well, it's just a moment. Well, it's just, yeah, it's just a feeling. It's just a feeling. You just know. It's just a feeling. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I tend to give people a lot of space. You know, like when they're going through big stuff like that, because, you know, I obviously am like, you know, how, however you'd like me to, the best gift a friend of mine ever gave to me is to ask, how do you need me to show up for you right now? Yeah. As a friend. Yeah. Like, what do you need? Yeah. And then you have to be okay with that person saying, I don't need anything right now. Thank you. Right. And or, it doesn't mean I necessarily don't need anything, but it just, I had to tell someone like, uh, cause they were going through grief. Uh, uh, the, the, a, fr- a good friend of theirs was going through grief and I, and I told them like straight up, I'm like, I'm going through this right now. Okay. You m- quite possibly might not be the person for them to, yeah. to help. And that has nothing to do with you as a person. Yeah. It's just, you're not that person and that's okay. Yeah. You know, like, and, and that's just, that's the real deal. Next question. Next question. Uh, you mentioned this before, but like what, what defects are you like wishing would be removed right now or which ones, which, what are the whack-a-mole defects that are coming up? Did I say whack-a-mole or is that you? Cause I, I just used, said that. I used to tell people 
that I treat my character defects like whack-a-mole. It's whack-a-mole. Yeah. That it's like, I, yeah. And it, and well, it, my people pleasing is not bothering me today. However, no, uh, yeah, this my is, self-righteousness yeah, is through the roof. And the more, <laughs> and the more, and the more work that I'm doing, the longer those moles stay in the machine. Yes, exactly. And the, and the, and the larger my mallet is mm-hmm. like right now, my mallet's not really that heavy because no. it's just, I'm going through so much. So, I mean, People pleasing is one of them. Not feeling good enough is one of them, you know. Um, but not. I, I mean, maybe less not feeling good enough. I mean, because I, I I know what I am and who I am and what I'm doing. Uh, so maybe that's not as glaring. Um, it's just I'm in so much pain. It's hard to decipher what's real and what's normal. Yeah. Versus what is just. Everything becomes funhouse mirrors, and yeah. you're like, "What?" And the, sometimes I have to run in the past, and and even with my own currents, like with my struggles with my health stuff, I would have to run things past yeah. people and be like, "I just need to know if my reaction to this is rational," because I don't. Yeah, it's funhouse mirrors in my mind. Yeah, and I'm I'm a big proponent in leaning on people, and yeah. I ha- I have throwback Thursday real life phone conversations with people. Nice. I try not to just do it all via text because I don't, there's no substance there. Yeah. And because I'll lie to you via text. Yeah. Like I, I'll just be like, it's okay. It still feels lonely. Text yeah. messaging. Doesn't really feel like connection. I, it's convenient, but I just, as disconnected as we are from human beings as it is right now, it's like, I don't have a lot of human beings that I feel connected with right now, but yeah. I do have some and that's more than I, I had before i got sober right you know um anger i'm so angry right now but just i I, it's not like you look at the stages of grief where it's like i'm not in denial that my dad's gone okay i wasn't in denial when it was happening like it's because it was suggested of me and as soon as my dad got sick i just started being of service to him the best that i could yeah and i stayed in action with it you know like i uh even though i don't use cannabis anymore i am a still a big believer in its in its medical purposes oh, so yeah. I, was, I, I was making my dad hash medicine yeah and i so it's like that's what service looked like i put my gloves on i put leather or latex gloves on so i didn't accidentally get myself stoned and i was making <laughs> my dad weed medicine yeah you know and i was i was happy to do it i had to buy a scale for the first time from a head shop <laughs> Like for like a, over a decade, you know, but that's what I had to do. Were you and a little awkward about it? I need a scale. No, not for me. It's a no, thing. No, it, it was funny how quickly it went back to just like normal. It's because it's something I did. I mm-hmm. used to sell a lot of weed, and I used to fucking mm-hmm. run a lot of drugs in my backpack from Chicago down yeah. to Central Illinois. You know, like I did a lot of felony shit. You know, and or it's not legal fu- there, is it? It is now, but is it wasn't. It? when i when i was doing it yeah. like but still i mean what i was doing even now with it just being passed medically and recreationally like it's i was running with half pounds of weed in my backpack on the amtrak train giving no fucks yeah you know um so it's just like that's what service looked like for me and it was unapologetic about it when yeah. i was talking to other people in recovery i'm like i had no urge to gobble down any of those hash pills because i know those were medicine for my dad yeah. You know, I was helping him take his morphine, you know, in terms of like measuring it out and things like that. Yeah. You know, he had all the good drugs, mm-hmm. you know, and I had never once 
thought. I mean, there was brief thoughts of, man, I wish I could escape this right now. Yeah. Which I would play chess on my phone or I would go out and do sets. Right. You know? There's like intrusive thoughts. So they yeah. just pass. Yeah. You're it's, just like, it's, oh, it's wow, a, it's you're a still here. Thing. <laughs> but like, yeah, like I just, I don't want to be so angry with the world around me right now. Yeah. And that is, I'm not saying it's not <laughs> completely okay, but it's also not something I want to live, like I don't want to live in that space for too long you know after my mom died i went to a therapist so my sponsor does the like you make this phone call or i never speak to me again <laughs> like this is not this is beyond she told sure. me she goes she saved my life she said this is beyond the steps i don't have the tools yeah. to help you with this yeah and and so i called the called the clinic got the therapist I walked in and I said to the therapist, okay, so um, I have, I plan to be here for six months. I don't particularly like therapists because my grandmother's a therapist and she's an abusive, crazy person. Two, I plan to just deal with my anger. I don't want to talk about any family stuff. I don't want to talk about any stuff like death. I just want to just deal with how angry for I am. For those listening right now, she's bobbing her head back and forth and she's got her hand in the air like, uh uh-uh. uh. A hand in my air. I am Maury Pulvaging it up. I was just like, no, I don't want to deal with any of this stuff. And I plan to be done in six months and she looked at me and went okay so we get about four or five sessions in and i i was so fucking i wasn't any less angry Mm. and i was in fact getting angrier yeah and i told her i said you know what do i have to say to you and i used to schedule the session right before a meeting in tuesdays in long beach (laughs) and so i i said what do i have to say to you in order to stop feeling so angry because I would punch a puppy in the face right now. That is how fucking angry I am. And she asked me three questions about my my dad's death, which wasn't the most recent one. It was my mom's death that was the most recent one. She asked me three questions about my dad's death and one question about how my current relationship reminded me of my mother. And I had... What were the questions? Ooh, it was... uh, Can you describe... Describe to me what happened when you found out your dad died hmm. and describe to me. So it was like finding out that, you know, my stepmom called me to come home and say goodbye to my dad. And an hour later he died. And um, what were some things about his funeral? What do you remember about that? Hmm. And, and I, I told her those, those things and, and I, and it came up that I, I, I begged. I was living with my mom at the time who was a pretty hard drinker and pretty violent. And and I begged to come back to California. I begged, you know, please, I can't I I'm not gonna finish high school here. I can't. I need I need she's stealing my money, she's beating me up. Yeah. What you know, I'm gonna be violent with her if you don't bring me back. And I had my you know, I had my stepmom say, you know, my grief's too much right now, I can't do it. Yep. And I had my I had my grandmother say you know, basically I have borderline personality disorder and I'm going to choose to punish you right now. And, um, and so that initial, that rejection in the most like vulnerable moment really stuck with me. And then in that, and then other stuff came out about like how I believed for years that I caused my dad's death Mm. that like I, you know, my somebody had said to me in passing that, you know, that I had caused an argument with my dad and they believed he had a stroke and never took care of it. 
And these are things I had never admitted in all the times I had worked the steps in all the times I had been to meetings. These are things I never admitted out loud. But once they came out, it was like, it was like emotional surgery. It's like, it had to, like it had to come out. And, and then after that, it was like, okay, then the, then, I mean, it got worse before it got better. I started having panic attacks. It was like all these things that had just, I had just buried oh, and yeah. said like, I'm no, a, I'm, I'm a stuffer from way back. Oh, I am tough. And other people had it worse and it was not neglect and abuse. And yes, that scar on my wrist is yep. definitely not a burn mark. It's 100% a birthmark. Yeah. And like, you know, all these things that I had just shoved down in the deep heart of my soul. And then when the relationship thing, cause death, death and relationships, like my mom died and a relationship fell apart. Yep. And granted, it shouldn't have been that long anyway. Sure. And I don't, I don't regret being on the other side of that. But when you know, she was like, "How is he like your mom?" And that's the first time anybody mm. had ever proposed the opera. Like, you always hear like, "Oh, she has daddy issues," but you <laughs> never hear how how do you have mommy issues? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, so it was like, yeah, he was exactly like my mom: angry, irrational, kind of a liar. Like, yeah. you know, um, and and there was there was a lot of that that needed to come out. And I had that ugly mocos cry and I, you know, where the one where you're nauseous. Afterwards. Oh yeah. So I had that cry and then I leave and my therapist goes, are you going somewhere where you're going to be around other people? Because I don't feel like you should be alone. Yeah. And, and I said, I, I, I guess I'm, I'm going to a meeting across the street. She said, good. And on the way over, I was, you know, when you're, you're in that like crying mocha state and I'm nauseous, I was like, I'm going to get a soda. So I go in and I get this orange soda and I never drink Jones Cola. I was like, fine, I'll get the cola. And I'm just like, eyes swollen, wander in the meeting and my whole sponsorship family is sitting there. All of them, grand sponsor, sponsee sisters, they're all just sitting there, not usually go to this meeting. And I walk through the door and they all just go, (gasps) oh. And I sit down and it was just like, like, you know, I'm 10 minutes late to the meeting and they're just like holding me and like, you know, tissues and, and, and it was a meeting on the eighth step and my, my sponsor leaned over and she said, you know, you're doing the work yeah, and the work is the amends. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, okay, just take it in, take it in. And I open the little bottle of Jones Cola, and you know how they have like weird little phrases that they have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't know that. I'm just drinking my soda, and somebody said, Hey, what's the cap say? And I go, Okay. I open the cap, and it said, Tuesday is a very important day. Was it a Tuesday? It was for sure a Tuesday. That's good. (laughs) So, like, there are these moments where, like, like, I I hate that I had to go through all those experiences. Yeah. And if I could, if I could go back, if I could go back in the universal time machine and yeah. be like, why amorphous blob of light? Are you choosing this body and these people yeah. to be around? Like, yeah, what yeah. are you doing right now? Yeah. Choose better. But on the other hand, I'm so grateful for that experience because I know in that moment, you know what? I can say like, that's a coincidental thing. And my higher power, you know, it, is is just everything is super random and there's no such thing or i can say you know what my higher power is big enough to put a that a go girl on the bottom of a bottle cap that night because that's what i fucking needed yeah 
Yeah, I, uh, I'm trying to keep that door open. Like, I'm trying to keep the door open. You don't have, I mean, I slammed it up. I kicked no, it back yeah, yeah. in. No, I, no. I, trust me. Yeah. I mean, I've paid attention throughout the years and I've watched. You can learn a lot from just watching what other people do and react, you know? So, as far as like, I think I'm doing okay, comparatively speaking, you know, but it's just, it's one of those things where it's just like, I don't know. And that's the smartest thing I can say Good. right now is I don't know. All I, I walked away that day knowing that I don't know what my higher power is, but I do know that it is, and I do know that it supports me. Mm. And that's all I need to know. And I still, if people ask me, I'm like, I don't know. It's just a thing I experienced. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I know when I'm tapped in and I know when I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm the kind of person my higher power has to hit me over the head with it. Sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't come, I don't come easily like as no. far as like along so stubborn yeah so stubborn and what what through all of this is your experience of like forgiveness like speaking of that eight step like what is your experience <laughs> of forgiveness or are you not there yet i don't think you have i to mean be. i don't in this moment i can't really speak on it as far as that but like I had to learn how to be okay with not being okay and forgive myself for all the shit leading up until the present moment. And like when I did my first fourth, number one resentment I had was to myself. Yeah. You know, so like that constant, you know, forgiveness of... I just have to remind myself the world is not out to get me and me alone. No. It, it's out to get all of us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just like that. Yeah, I don't know what forgiveness looks like for me is just. It's it's not. It's for me. Like, it's yeah. not for anybody else. Like that. Like that person that sent me those weird messages. It's like, I have to forgive them. You know, because what if this is the best they've ever been? And that's it's a, that's a thing yeah. that I was taught a long time ago. It's like the person you're interacting with that you don't care for or think is doing you dirty or whatever. It's like, okay, is there a possibility that even though it's not good, this could be the best this person's ever been as a human? So you have to just forgive that person for being exactly who they are and i have to forgive myself constantly for being exactly who i am yeah i would even posit that whatever they were lashing out at oh it has was very little to do with very me. little to do with you it but happened I, I, before yeah, 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 you yeah. got oh, here yeah, yeah, yeah. But it yeah. happened before comedy but, even but I, started yeah but i gave it, I, I gave it i gave it a platform yeah and so figuring out what my boundaries look like moving forward is yeah. is a is a goal. So. Yeah, absolutely. Next question. Next question. What are you doing on a day to day basis to take care of yourself? <laughs> oh, you know what? Let's back up. What's the weirdest amends you've ever had to make? Oh, these ones just happened recently. These are fun. Um so what am I doing on a day to day to we'll go okay. do both. Uh, I wake up, I know that uh, I'm taken care of. Yeah. And 
I push through that initial thought of I don't want to do this right now. Whether that be go make a batch of hot sauce or go to the grocery store or take a shower. Mm -hmm. I wake up and I push through that resistance. And then once I'm moving, I usually feel better about it. Um, Obviously, I go to meetings and I talk to people and it's just telling people explicitly what I need and what I don't need right now is the thing that I have had to hold on to. Yeah. So, um, the weirdest amends, uh, I mean, I've had a few weird ones, but like the most recent ones are fun because like, you know, when my dad was sick, I was back home in the town I grew up in is where I caused a lot of damage. And it's like, there was some amends that I still needed to make. Um, not for lack of willingness, but just like, it just, I lived far away. I mean, even when I got, when I got sober, I lived two hours South of where my parents were, you know, mm-hmm. and then moving out here, it's like it, those amends don't disappear, you know? So it was like, you know, with everything so out of my control and him dying, uh, the one thing I could control was start picking off some of the amends that were on my list still. And one of those was uh, some buddies and I in college. Um, I was in a fraternity, judge away. Uh, and uh, <laughs> no one, of our, one, one of our tasks was to get a Christmas tree for the fraternity. And I went to school downtown Chicago. So it's not like we didn't live in frat houses like you would see like in a movie or whatever. Like yeah. we all had apartments and we all lived in different apartments that did different things. Like, like I lived in the weed apartment because I was the one that dealt the weed. And then <laughs> a couple other buddies lived in the nice apartment where you could invite like a sorority over to have like a mixer or something. Okay. And then some other buddies lived in like the dirtbag shit apartment where all the keggers happened. So like okay. we had like different like satellites that did different things. So but like at the t- at the time like I I was tasked with a uh, a buddy of mine to go get a Christmas tree for the fraternity. So I drove down to where my parents live because I figured it'd be safer because I knew the area better. And I went into the house and I asked my dad, I said, dad, I need your ax. Don't ask any questions. And he's like, okay. And he was cool like that. So like he was a mechanic. So like he has, he has more tools than yeah anybody I've ever seen in my life. So we grabbed the ax and me and my buddy, Mark, we drove over to this McDonald's and we found an evergreen tree in the back and Mark was from the city and I was far enough. I was far enough into the country where I still knew how to do like yeah. country shit, you know. <laughs> Not that I lived on a farm, but like I knew yeah. how to chop wood. I knew, yeah. how, you know. So we cut this motherfucking evergreen down outside of this McDonald's, hilarious, and stuffed it in the van. And then we go to leave, and we can't find the fucking keys to the van. So here we have this fucking half an evergreen tree in the back of this fucking minivan, and we're both high as fucking balls, and like fuck we are fucked. We can't, we got to get moving. So we pull the tree out of the van and we heard the keys clink and we go and we got the tree. Hilarious. And throughout the years, I would go back and visit my parents. And I would go past that McDonald's and there was that, that one midget tree. Okay. So I'm seven and a half years sober now. So when my dad got sick, so uh, back this past March, it was on my amends list. I have to go make an amends to this McDonald's. <laughs> because i fucking cut that tree down you know what'd you do did you buy him a new tree so i went and i went to the back where the tree was i'll never because it was never forget it like i know exactly which one it was 
And I'm like, all right, I got to go in there and make an amends to someone that I've never met before because it's on behalf of the business, right? So I took a picture of the patch of trees, okay? <laughs> and the one we cut had since grown back fine, but it's shorter than all the other ones. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to take a picture tree? of the, yeah, so I'm going to take a picture of this cluster of trees so I don't look like a complete fucking lunatic when I walk in there. So I go in there and I go up to the counter, the McDonald's, and I said, excuse me, may I please speak to the manager? And they're like, okay, no problem. And this girl comes out and she's got to be like 16 years old. <laughs> fucking acne face. Makeup over the acne. Like you, like like 16-year-old girls do. Like you get acne, but you're like, oh, no one's going to know no if I just know. put more concealer on it. She's there. She's all of five feet tall. Yeah. I'm like, fuck. Okay. Excuse me, sir. What do you want? Not, so she, she walks over and I'm like, okay, this is going to sound crazy. <laughs> And I understand that, but I yeah. need you to hear me out. I'm here for this. I'm like about 15 years ago, me and my buddies cut one of your evergreen trees down in the back here. And I pulled up the picture to show her so I wasn't crazy. I'm like, you see how this one's shorter than all the other ones? And she, I mean, in my head, I'm like, she was one when this happened. <laughs> I say, you see? She goes, yeah. I'm like, I need to make an amends for cutting down this tree. I've been sober for some years now. And part of being sober is I need to go back and clear clear up the wreckage of my past. Amazing. She goes, you're sober? I'm like, yes, I'm sober. She's like, that's cool. And I'm like, yes, I know. That's it, it. It's kept me alive. I'm like, so I need to make good and I need to make an amends for cutting down your tree. I'm like, is there anything? Because the tree had grown back, so it's not like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not right, like I need right, to, right. like, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I assess the situation and I'm like, is there anything I can do to help any of you guys here? Like, is there trash that needs to be taken out? Like, do you guys want a pizza or something? Like, is there anything I can do to make this right? Yeah. She goes, what's your name? I'm like, Dave. She goes, no, Dave, we're good here. I'll tell some of the other managers about it. But yeah, you're good. Good to see that you're sober. And that was it. And I walked out of there and I felt fine. You know, and I felt, I felt... In in a moment where I was so not not in control of my dad's illness and everything else going on, it's just like that is was within my hula hoop of control. Yeah, was to make an amends for this fucking tree. It's so funny. It was so wild. She was looking at me like I was fucking insane. It is crazy. It is insane. That's a that's a that's a good that's a good amends. The next one happened in the same area, where I had to go make an amends to the fire department because I used to set hay bales on fire. <laughs> in the cornfield just to watch them burn so you know i'll i'll truncate the story but like so i'd go to the fire station next to the field that we light the hay bales on fire and i'd make an amends for these hay bales that i lit on fire to like these like nine firefighters all tatted up and beefy and shit and i'm like guys and i explained it's the same as i did with the girl i'm like i used to set those hay bales on fire and i need to know do you know who owns that field and they're like no that field was sold to someone you know, we oh. don't even know who's there anymore. I'm like, okay, well, I need to make an amends to you guys because you probably had to get called to put out, like, they're giant hay, like, they're like, I don't yeah. know if you've ever been in the Midwest, but they're like, it's not like traditional hay bales, like little squares, but it's like, the big it's circle. the big circle yeah. wheel ones that yeah. are like. California, we do six, the squares, but yeah, they do big blocks six, of the Six, seven foot tall hay yeah. bale. Yeah. And the one guy's like. All those things used to spontaneously combust all the time. And I'm like, yeah, but I know I used to light them on fire. They're not. And they laughed at me. Yeah. And, and like, I'm like, and also 
I took a regular sized hay bale one time and threw it in a porta john in one of the half built neighborhoods and we lit that shit on fire. So like I need to make an amends to you guys because you're the fire department and you probably got called out on that shit. And they all laughed at me and the one guy's like, I should probably go back through my life and do something. I'm like, okay, so does the fire engine need cleaned? Like, dude, can I get you guys a pizza? And they're like, No, you're good. Thanks. Thanks for I I it's Can it, I get you guys a pizza as your go to? You want a pizza? Yo. <laughs> I'm not bad anymore. You want a pizza? Yeah. <laughs> what what would you suggest? I I actually I've heard this one and this this is true, uh, for living amends, uh, buying um uh, a guy shoplifted from Kmart so long that his um, his uh, sponsor had him buy everything you could possibly buy at a Kmart for the amount of money that or like or, or an amount of time. Yeah. So it was like for a whole year he bought everything at Kmart from like milk to toothpaste to mm. his pants to. And he's like, uh, if I ever walk into Kmart again, I'll kill myself. Well, good thing they're all closed. So. I know, right? Uh, but yeah, so there's yeah there's yeah, I I shoplifted so much I made charitable donations for like a few years. Yeah, I uh, the places I've gone to that I've stolen from, and there's still some on the list that I need to take care of. Yeah. But like, I've asked like, is there a charity that you guys you know because I, I made I made yeah. an amends to uh, a grocery store down in Central Illinois, and it turned out and this is the way the universe works. The guy that ran the supermarket he's like my brother has a problem with alcohol. And you're sober? I'm like, yeah. And like, this town's great for meetings. It's where I got sober. Like, yeah. here's the information. I'm like, but like, I used to steal, like, I stole like maybe a couple bottles of wine from here. Yeah. And I had like 30 to 50 bucks in my pocket. Back like, in the day, it was really easy to steal alcohol yeah, from yeah. stores. Yeah. Like, and crazy. I was like, I have this money. Mm-hmm. Is there, we can't accept the money. I'm like, well, do you have a charity to donate it to? And then, and then they're like, no, not right now. Like, if you want to come back in like XYZ amount of months, I'm like, well, I, I I will, even when I come back here, try to, again, donate to what you guys do. But he's like, no, you're good. Yeah. Like, a lot of the times, it's like, no, you're good. Yeah. And it's just the embarrassment of it all. that That's what you do. Yeah. And, and it's just so, like, the living amends for me is I don't steal anymore. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I could be around all your money and I yeah. won't touch it. It's you not know? mine. I, I won't use my roommate shit without asking. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't sneak out of parking garages without paying anymore <laughs> you know yeah i mean i try to I, I will go like in santa monica like i'll go punch the ticket and you get 90 minutes free and i'll go like i was like i did it today i went <laughs> and i i punched in and it was the meeting i go to i was early and so i sat in the car for a little bit and i'm like i'm gonna go back out and get a new ticket so that i could get more time <laughs> I think that's just plain and smart. Area. But I don't, yeah, I don't steal anymore. Yeah. You know, because I can't, it, it's pretty innumerable, the stuff that I did. So I just tried to not do those things. What's your relationship with your higher power like? Not good. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at, right now it's not great, but yeah. I believe in the spirit of the universe and I try to tap into that. And it's not like I'm an agnostic. It's just, I don't know what it looks like anymore. Yeah. So it's it's been obliterated but like i i know it's there yeah so that's the best i can come up with yeah what um what's one thing you would like to share with somebody going through exactly what you're going through right now (sighs) i guess just give yourself permission to feel however you're 
feeling right now. Don't try to don't try to fight it. You know, do no harm, but take no shit. Yeah, exactly. That's all the questions. Oh, we did it. You did it. Yay. Are you hungry? Yeah. Where can people find you? Um, if you're on the social media, um, and if you're not, I applaud you. Uh, you yeah, can, God bless. You can like my Facebook page, Dave Yates. Okay. Uh, you can go on YouTube and type in Dave Yates Comedy to mm-hmm. see some clips. Crazy funny. Y- you can go to uh, hahahotsauce.com to buy hot sauce from me buy that hot sauce you can follow me on instagram and twitter at yates comedy y-a-t-e-s comedy you can follow the hot sauce instagram at ha ha hot sauce and you'll notice that the ha ha hot sauce instagram only follows one person and that is me (laughs) (laughs) so why won't this hot sauce follow me back because it's only following it does this hot sauce think it's too good for me yeah what is it sentient yeah. um, <laughs> uh, you can find me at anna v is fun on twitter and instagram you can also find me at annavalenzuela.com for all of my show dates um also putting some new merch together which will be really really good um and you can check out our show at the uh we have a third friday of every month at ueno vino still building a Ooh, still building that's a cool little audience. spot yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. Cool little spot uh come out it's called unrepresentables where we double dog dare uh the industry to show up and give a shit about very funny comics mm. that maybe don't have and, a lot of and how many have shown up uh for sure assistants have shown up <laughs> for sure you can tell because when we um and we've had every single time uh a management company calls a venue because mm. i i send out a really bonkers email yeah every single time that's like it's real ballsy yeah 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 i'm not sending any videos i'm not doing any of that stuff that gets red flagged i'm just like here's the flyer here's pictures of the performers if you would like to introduce yourself to some new talent we dare you to come out Mm -hmm. i don't give a shit i'm the same way i don't give a shit yo 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 we'll we'll talk more after the pod but my give a fuck tank is so empty right now it's so empty i'm i'm as brazen as a one-year open micer (laughs) right yeah. now sending emails to clubs and shit I, I, it's, i'm the same i'm the same and i'm never stopping that but it's just like here we go let's yeah. do it like yeah. you know what like i'm talented so my uterus fell out last year yeah. it's fine we shoved it back in now yeah. put me on I've got a styrofoam uterus now holding it's it up the whole styrofoam up the uterus i got lungs made of cheese we're gonna be great it's Yay. gonna be good so uh, but yeah, okay. This is how we end the podcast. Nobody's told you this today, Dave. I love you. Oh, I love you too. And if you're listening to this and nobody's told you this today, we love you. We love you, like it or not. Yeah, so fucking take that. Okay, bye. <laughs> Yay, turn it Thank you.